This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord God, as as we gather here today, whether that's here in the ministry center or across the nation and other countries, we've all got this Goliath. It may be different from person to person, but there's this thing, there's this situation that's holding us back. Or there's this thing, there's this situation they think that we're going to conquer. Lord, here's the deal, the, the truth. You know it. We need you. Lord God, come into our lives in a special way. Pour your Holy Spirit on us and defeat all of our Goliaths. We pray this in the powerful and saving name of Jesus. Amen. I was watching some world-class track athletes practice the other day on on YouTube, just like you guys weren't, right? Yeah. Pastor Ben said, said, no one ever, right? And and I was watching, they were training, they were practicing at 7,700 feet. So that's, that's high altitude. They were practicing there because, you know, right when you're up high, it's hard to breathe and, and things like that. And so these athletes are getting stronger. They're getting more efficient as they're training because after all, the Olympics start this coming Friday. Huh? And they, they want to be the best that they can be. They know that that slogan for champion sportswear is true, that it takes a little more to be a champion. And as we, we think about the Bucks and the, and the Suns, right? Both teams, both teams are about to find out that it takes a little more to be a champion. Today, as Pastor Ben said, we're continuing our series, David the Imperfect King. And, and we're looking at one of these most familiar of all Bible stories. People inside and outside of Christianity know about this story, this underdog story of David and Goliath. David and Goliath is, is kind of like the source of so many books that we've read, so many of the plot lines of the movies that we watch. And as we go through this account, you can find it in your Bibles in, in 1 Samuel, a book called 1 Samuel chapter 17. Just keep in mind that as we're going through this, it takes a little more to be a champion. Okay. So let's, let's go back to the setting of the story. You'll see the, the Google Earth map uh, of things going on uh, in this account. And... Um, Hopefully, anyway, the technology won't fight so much against us. Ah, awesome. Right? It's going to zoom in and check it out. The battle is going to be fought in the Valley of Elah. Uh, And that's kind of how I always just assumed it was. It was just solid desert all around. But as we get closer, 
you see that there's hills there and there's, there's trees. And I grew up in the desert and so I always just get excited when there's trees, right? This is good stuff. So there's, there's hills on each side of the valley and what you have on, on one hill is the protagonists, right? The, the children of God, the Israelites, that's where they're camped out. And on the other hill is the antagonists, the Philistines, and, and that's where they're at. And they're going to meet in the middle in that valley and fight it out, okay? Until one day, uh, a guy from the Philistine side, a really, really big guy, okay? Like literally maybe the biggest guy ever in the history of the world, uh, a military warrior, a military champion, a giant named Goliath comes walking down his hill and calls across to the other side, hey, let's settle it this way. I'll fight for my side, you send a guy to fight for your side. If your guy beats me, we'll all serve you. But if I beat your guy, you will all serve us. Okay. Really big guy. Really big guy. Making that challenge. How do you think Goliath was feeling as he made his challenge? Okay. Share that with someone who's sitting by you if you're here in the ministry center or feel free to drop it in the chat if you're worshiping online. How do you think Goliath, this really big guy, was feeling as he made his challenge? Goliath makes this challenge for 40 days and 40 nights in a row. And every time the children of God heard it, they were terrorized. They were trembling. They were filled with weakness and fear. They didn't need to worry about making more latrines and things like that because they weren't going to the bathroom anyway. All right. Now picture it. If you right now, just the way you are right now, if you were transported back 3,000 years ago and you're on that hill with the Israelites, and you're hearing Goliath shoot out this challenge to you and your fellow soldiers. What's going through your mind? How do you think you would feel if you were one of the Israelites hearing Goliath? Okay. Share that with someone who's sitting close to you. Or again, put it in the chat if you're, you're worshiping online. Right. You know, as we go back 3,000 years, there's, there's a lot about that culture that might surprise you that would fit in today really well. And then there are some parts of that culture that wouldn't fit in with our culture today at all. For example, in our culture, and I know this is a generalized statement, but in our culture, we're like helicopter parents, right? We are hovering over our kids, making sure they're being taken care of and making sure no one even says a bad thing to them, anything like that. Well, back in this culture, it was different. So a father named Jesse sends his young teenage son to the battle lines to check 
on his older brothers and to bring them some food supplies, okay? And, and so David goes off as this young teenager to the hill where the children of Israel are to check on his brothers and to bring them some food to eat. And while David is there, that really big guy, that, that champion Goliath comes out there and does that, that whole thing. You pick one and I'll fight him and stuff like that. And David can't believe his ears or his eyes. He can't believe his ears because here's this Philistine defying God. He just can't believe this guy would actually do that. And then he can't believe his eyes because as he looks around, none of the Israelite soldiers are doing anything about it. Can't believe it. So David volunteers. He hears it and he goes, I'll go. King Saul learns, the king of Israel learns that there's a, a volunteer. And he sends for the volunteer to come in. He, he wants to encourage him. He wants to support him. He wants to share strategy with him. And, and keep in mind now, King Saul, the king of Israel, is like a head taller of all the other Israelites, okay? But he's still super, super small compared to Goliath. King Saul really ought to have been the one fighting the battle in the first place, right? But... He asked for volunteers. David finally volunteers. Saul sends for the volunteer to come in. David shows up and Saul looks at David and he's expecting the volunteer that's going to fight the champion Goliath. And he, he sees David and he thinks that David is like volunteering to go get water for the king. And he's like, no, no, you, you got to go. I'm, I'm expecting a, a warrior to come who's going to fight Goliath. And, and David goes, well, actually, I'm that guy. And King Saul, again, he, he wants to support and encourage him. And he's, you know, so King Saul gives David his armor, okay? Remember, King Saul's bigger than all the other Israelites, let alone a young teenager. He gives his armor. This is the best armor in the whole nation of Israel. He's the king. He's got the absolute best. And he, he gives it to David to put on. And, and David puts on this armor and he's just this small guy. And this armor is way too big. It is way too heavy. He can hardly move it all. It's just not gonna work. And so David has to work up a sweat just to get the armor off himself. Huh? But, but David's undeterred. He looks down and, and there's this little brook, this little stream running through the trees on his hillside. And he looks down in there and he kneels down and he grabs five really super smooth stones that can fly through the air friction free. And he puts them in his sling bag. Because you see, David's a, a teenager with an attitude and with a slingshot, and he knows how to use it. And he makes his way to the battle. And, and as he's going down, the adrenaline on both sides now is sky high. There's about to be a battle. There is about to be a war. Winner take all. And on the Philistine side, the Philistine army, they are, they are just so pumped. They're ready to rejoice. They know the ending of this battle. They're going to win. It's going to be amazing. 
And the children of Israel, the adrenaline's going, and, and they're just hoping against hope that somehow, and, and in the back of their minds, they're thinking, how are we going to beg for mercy? And David comes down his side, and Goliath, the champion, comes down his side. And, and the first thing that, that happens when Goliath sees David for the very first time is, is Goliath almost loses the battle there because he's laughing his head off. He sees this bright-eyed Abercrombie and Fitch model coming with a string in his hand to fight the battle. It says the scriptures say he looked David over and saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome. Goliath said, come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Not exactly a veiled death threat. And as, as David is coming down, he responds to the Philistine. Says, David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. And so they're coming down their hills and they've had this discourse and, and David is running toward the champion Goliath. He's placed a, a rock in his sling and he's got that sling doing the revolution thing faster and faster and faster and faster as he's running faster and faster. And then he lets go a side of that string which propels the rock and that rock just goes zipping through the air and boom. Hits the target. Hits Goliath right in the head. One stone. One sling. One giant. One death. The victory won. Not by the champion. As we look at this story of, of David and Goliath, I don't know if you've ever placed yourself there again, but do you know where you, you and I really belong? We, we belong on the, the Israelite side, shaking in fear. We've got a whole journal, uh, our diaries. We have a litany of fears that are following us our entire lives. When we were little kids, we were afraid of the dark. We are afraid of being somewhere without mom and dad. We got a little bit older and we were afraid of failing the test. 
We got a little bit older and we were afraid of, of not being asked out for prom or afraid of being told no when we asked someone out for prom. Afraid of getting into college, afraid of the job interview, afraid of what our finances look like. And some of us, we got married, we have kids, and, and now we're afraid for our kids. We hope they fit in. We hope everything goes smooth for them. We want the, the best for them. We're so fearful. We're afraid. We're afraid of disease and, and death. We're, we're afraid of, of telling the truth. And you know how I know we're afraid of telling the truth? Because we're afraid of rejection. And so sometimes we don't say what we ought to say because we're afraid of telling the truth because we're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of missing out. And it, it just, the fears just go on and on and on. And, and so often they get in the way of the life that God has planned for us. On the other extreme, from that fear, for some of us sometimes, is, is self-confidence, right? Self-reliance. You know, Goliath was full of self-confidence. He had high self-esteem. He trusted in his abilities, in his skill, in his size. I mean, he could visualize this war for 40 days and 40 nights. He visualized some little person coming from the Israelite side and he would just mangle that person. It would be all over. He could picture his victory. But as you know, pride goes before the fall. It's not self-confidence that gives us the victory, you know? Confidence in yourself is not what makes a champion. In this whole account again, so often, we're like those children of Israel. We know God's on our side. We know we have nothing to be afraid of. And yet we're afraid of so many things. We're weak and we're fearful. We sometimes get paralyzed and, and don't do anything. We hope that whatever it is just kind of goes away. If we don't pay attention to it, hopefully it will just go away. And then that big old Goliath, the big old champion of the world, Satan, comes with all of his evil, with the trials, with the temptations, with the tribulations, and the con damnations, and we're so weak and small. What giant or giants are actually in your life right now? What are you doing about it? Kind of hoping it will go away? Are you going out and fighting that giant in your name? I can do it? Or are you going out against that giant in Jesus' name? Or better yet, are you letting Jesus fight the battle for you in the first place? See, in this whole David and Goliath account, what we so often miss that God helps frightened people. 
As Pastor Ben mentioned last week, uh, he talked about Hebrews chapter 11 and, and Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 11, again, remember, that's the great heroes of faith chapter in the Bible. We run into these people in the Old Testament who are just heroes of faith. And, and so in this, in Hebrews 11, you'll run into people like Abraham and Moses and, and David. But then right after that, heroes of faith chapter comes Hebrews 12, and this is how it starts off. It says, therefore... Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all those heroes of faith, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on our fears, fixing our eyes on our self-confidence, on ourselves. No, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Heroes of faith. You can remember Abraham. You can remember Moses. You can remember David. But keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You see, that word pioneer that was in there, you know, that Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of your faith, that pi- you know what the word pioneer really is? In the original language, that word pioneer really means champion. Jesus is your champion. See, it it wasn't the sling that won the battle. It was God. Same is true for you and me. Jesus wins our wars and wins our battles. Thing is, is, is as we look at, at Jesus winning, fighting this battle and everything, we would expect that Jesus would come with his almighty power and just devastate everything in the way. But instead, Jesus wins the war, wins the battle by surrender. You Become the champion, but not through your efforts, not even through your surrender, but through Jesus' surrender for you. See, the whole whole David and Goliath thing, David has actually been pointing us to Jesus the whole time. Jesus is our champion. And as our champion, he becomes our substitute. Jesus saves us by becoming weak for us in our place by his surrender. Jesus is actually the greater David. See, David fought for his people's physical life. Jesus fights for our spiritual 
and eternal lives. David risked his life for the people. Jesus gave his life for you and me and all people. David walked through the valley of Elah, the valley of the shadow of death. David walked through the valley of the shadow of Goliath. Jesus walked into death. And Jesus walked through death. And he won the victory. You see, when you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you receive his victory. All his trophies, all his triumphs, all his accolades, all that is his. See, true courage in battle isn't the banishment of fear. It's not trusting in yourself. It's looking and trusting to God. Because of Jesus' victory over death, this is what you can know. That no matter what you're going through, no matter what it is, joy is on the way. You see, sometimes, right, we, we just get so concerned about like our financial situation, about having enough money. We work long, hard hours or we, we save up a, a, a money so that we never have to worry because we, got, we can't go into debt. Well, we actually have a, a greater debt that is far beyond any finances. That's physical stuff. We have this debt of sin. But Jesus has already paid that debt in full. We so often are fearful in our lives of, of how it's going to end. Are we going to get a, a, a disease? Uh, you know, how are we going to die and, and all these things? And, you know, that physical. Again, our big issue is sin. And Jesus has already healed us of all of our sin. And so again, what that means is no matter what happens, joy is already on the way. Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you you need only to be still. We all have Goliaths. All of the time, all of the time, all of the time, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. But even more so when we have these Goliaths in our lives. Because Jesus has already won. Jesus has already defeated all of our Goliaths. You don't defeat your fears. Jesus does. You don't defeat your anxieties. Jesus does. You don't defeat Satan, sin, or death. Jesus does. You see, it doesn't take a little more effort to win. 
It, it doesn't take a, a little more confidence to win. It, it doesn't even take a little more faith to become a champion. It takes Jesus. It takes Jesus to make you a champion. And he's already come. And so you already are a champion in Jesus. Let's live like it. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for, for fighting our battles. There, there's some we just run away from, right? There's some that to this day we're still trying to defeat and conquer, whether that's temptation or whatever it might be. And help us to fix our eyes on you, Jesus. You're our champion. And because you're our champion, joy is on the way. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.